Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. UPS is hiring day sort warehouse workers in our Louisville, Kentucky hub. Our warehouses are team settings where everyone truly has each other's backs, and we work together to deliver what matters to customers and communities. We're paying $20 an hour and offer great benefits, including up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Eligibility begins the day you're hired. Shift your future, shift your team, shift your life. Visit upsjobs.com to apply. That's upsjobs.com. Make the shift, make a difference. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Welcome in, everybody. This is Issel and Louie on ESPN 680 105.7. Thanks for joining us this morning. And as always, the first hour of the show is brought to you by KentuckyTourism.com. Good morning, Lewis. Six months of doing this show, Dan. Six it, yeah. months. How about that? Happy anniversary. Oh, this bud's for you, Dan. What's up? Happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Let's go. Uh, Eight o'clock in the Rockies is a little too early. (laughs) Oh, nice and cold. Let's go. Oh, Oh, that's uh, (laughs) six months, Louie, and they said it wouldn't last. (laughs) I feel like we're like dating in middle school or something, you know. (laughs) It's our six-week anniversary. I just so into them, you know. Do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, but uh, on a serious note, I, I want to thank you for making this so much fun. I really look forward to, to getting up every morning and, and doing this show for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and I'll be real honest with you. When Mike passed away uh, uh, last year, I... I wasn't sure I wanted to continue, and you've you've done a great job taking his place in my mind, and uh, and I I want to sincerely say thank you very much. Well, I'm not sure it's taken Mike's place, but it's at least uh, sitting in the seat and doing the show, and, and uh, I think we've we've discovered even a new side of Dan Issel that we didn't know uh, before, and I think frankly the public's better for it uh, with things like Will left us and other important uh, opining that you've done and so uh no, you've it's... definitely gotten more sassy <laughs> yeah but i'm turning over that's one of my new resolutions just like calipari i'm getting softer and and we'll, whatever goes wrong we'll correct it after the game not during the game oh, so man. not during the game. and avery thank you for being a big part of it i know you've moved on to bigger and better things and uh, <laughs> She's left our here. little. She's left stuck. Our She's little, stuck with us, man. Left our little tiny show in the lurch, but uh, <laughs> but thank you for the six months that you've provided. Too. <laughs> You're welcome. I've got lots of other things happening in the background now, which is they're all good things. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Hey, we've we've propelled people onto bigger and better things. Bobby Process and Jack Grossman and. Avery Dill will ben be Roberts. the next one in in that long line. Oh, ben yeah. Roberts, who will join us at the bottom of the hour. We also got um, uh, 
you know, we got certain writers at the Herald Leader to change their bios on the on the website. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Great. Yeah, yeah. Work for no. So, so you <laughs> when you texted me yesterday afternoon and said that this was going to be our six month anniversary. Yeah. Uh, you, you said think of some think of some highlights. Did you come up with any? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Well, what's wrong? There are no highlights for you? It's all one big highlight, Dan. Oh, you know, just like geez. my marriage, just one big I, highlight. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think we've had a couple uh, that have been fun, I, you know, having different guests. I got to say, I the two times we've had Goose Givens on, I've just really enjoyed it. And, and you know, I, the other thing, you know, when they announced the, uh, the pension for some of the ABA guys. Yes. And, and we got to do that radio. I thought that yeah. was really cool. Um, and, and so learn... I've said this to you before, learning about that era, getting to talk about it, and, and you know, getting your perspective on it. I, I, I have enjoyed that as much as anything that we've done on this show. Well, good, good. I, I came up, uh, ironically, I came up with the exact same thing. Well, One of, of my favorites was when you said, we need to get Goose on again. And we had him on air in about five minutes. That was that was a, that was a highlight for me. And the other thing was uh, when we did the remotes at the racetrack. Uh, oh the yeah, fri- okay. the the Friday show at Keeneland uh, for Breeders' Cup, and then uh, the trip down to uh, the Kentucky Downs. I I enjoy. You know how much I love horse racing. So those those two stick out to me in the last six months as well. I've had more Budweiser than I have the rest of my life combined uh, since I've started doing the show. So I think this is my second Budweiser. So there you go. There you go. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can make it another six months, Louie. Six months at a time. That's right. Um, That's I, uh, exactly so, right. you know, we like you mentioned, uh, normal Thursday show for us today, Ben Roberts at 1030, Jay Davis at 11. Um, Roberts has a, a, a good piece, and, and we'll definitely get into it at 1030, about uh, the upcoming schedule for UK and some of the challenges there. What did you think, though, of, of John Clay's piece? Because I found myself kind of nodding along with him about most of it, frankly. Um, yeah. And especially something we talked about yesterday, which is he's going to shorten up that roster and who gets to play in a pretty significant way, and we've already seen the, you know, the outcome of it against LSU, for example. Right, right. Um, you know, the one thing, uh, and, and the, the, the article you're alluding to is John Clay put out, like, the five positive things that, uh, that came out of the LSU game. And I, I would have to say that I think it was number three on the list was maybe two, was, um, has been the emergence of, of uh, Toppin. No question. Uh, the, way, the way he's played the last two games gives you hope that there is some real upside to this team. And, you know, in Cal, uh, typical Cal, you know, be patient. This team's getting better, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think his emergence, if he can keep that going, and, and frankly, uh, now that he has the idea of how he can keep it going, I, I think that there's no reason it shouldn't. Um, then I think this team does have some upside. Uh, and, and I want to talk to Ben about his article. I don't understand, nor do I want to, <laughs> all, all of this net rankings and ping pong rankings and quad one wins and quad two wins. I, I don't understand any of that. All I know is they've got some games on this schedule that if they want to be considered more than just a, an eight seed um, in the upcoming tournament, there are some games on this schedule coming up that they have to win. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't care 
what quad they're in. That, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me. It, it, part of that, too, is they, they have moved themselves closer to the ledge of being, I mean, frankly, you don't want to be an eight seed. Because we talked about yesterday, the bracketology Purdue in the second round. That's 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 at best two and done. Yes, Uh, no, no no question. That's the problem there, and you do not simply put, do not make the path harder than it has to be. Right? I mean, it's very simple with these things, and you know, you know, Sweezy talked about yesterday on first watch that he thinks two out of three should be the goal for Kentucky the next three games. No, that's going to be tough. It will be tough, but frankly, that's if they want to talk tough. about getting the kinds of wins that move you out of an eight seed, those are the yeah. kinds of wins. Yeah, not and, just and, beating, and, not just beating South Carolina and Vandy and those kinds of teams. Right. Actually, going and beating a Tennessee on the road and Alabama on the road, those road wins look so good on your resume. In oh, no right? question. So, like, no go, question. Go get but. those W's. And I, I actually, I don't think that's a hot take from him. I think that's actually probably pretty accurate that. You got to try to win an Alabama or a Tennessee, and and I know it ain't going to be easy, but that's the kind of game that you definitely got to go one of those and go go get the W. It, it it will stand out so much on a resume as opposed to loss neutral site loss neutral yeah. site loss neutral yeah. site. Need one of those to be a W. Yeah, um, and Ben, we'll talk to Ben about this too. Uh, ben, I thought made a great point, and that was if it didn't say Kentucky on the front of their jersey. Would they even be an eight seed right now? Yeah, right. I think it's fair. Because when I mean they, their record, their record against good teams it, it <laughs> isn't very impressive. So uh, he might have a point there too. But but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. That's what makes it so much fun. We'll be we'll be tuned in Saturday afternoon to see if they can get that one in Alabama. Yeah. So uh, Jay Davis already texting the show. <laughs> And saying that the net rankings, man, it, you know, you don't have to like them, but they do have a huge play in in, in seeding. Uh, as of right now, um, UK is something like a nine seed, and so um, that's that's the line of death to me. So, so you think seed. you think when the, when the committee gets together and and they're doing the rankings, you think they've got a whiteboard with ping pong's numbers on it? Yeah, oh, 100 percent, they do. Yes, really, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, the Pomeroy numbers, they have the um, – I would guess that is – Do they have enough whiteboards for all the numbers? <laughs> I think Pomeroy is probably the top metric outside of their own net rankings that they use. No question. Mm. I would bet those two are weighted at about 80% of the decision. Good. Well, if Jay's listening to the show, tell him to get ready with an explanation. Okay. I, yeah, no, that's fine. I, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like somebody to explain all of this to me. And so, excuse me, you know, the other part of this is is Kentucky has a better mindset is one of the bullet points. And that's something I can't measure because I'm not, you know, with the team and I don't know those things. But if that's the case, then what was going on going into Missouri? <laughs> they had just well, beaten I... their rival by two dozen points. I mean, like, what are we – like, what part of a mindset do you – you know you're going on the road against a team that's eleven and one. What 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 mindset are we talking about? Yeah, I I, I think we touched on it yesterday, Louie, and that is um, I, I'm not so sure anybody understands the mental part of this anymore. And you know we talked about uh, who, who um, the uh, I, McCaffrey was that is that his name that that 
took a leave of absence. Oh uh, yeah, from, from Iowa. From, yep. from yep. Iowa yep. because of of mental uh, situations. Yeah. And and I think social media has a lot to do with this. And yeah, as right. I said That's yesterday, right. yep. if I was coaching one of these young teams. I, I'd say, hey, turn your phones off. I'll let you know when you're playing good. I'll let you know when you're playing bad. You don't have to live, listen to some guy like me on the no, radio. Right. Yeah, right. You know, say saying you stink. Um, yeah, James you know, Strebel after a six pack on the post game show. Like, yeah, no, you don't need to listen to that. No, right. no, and and yeah, and you don't need a tweet from some guy living in his parents' basement about how bad you are. And I I think that comes into play. I really I really do. And um, and so we'll you know with with this kinder, gentler Cal going forward and hugging coach, uh, hugging players and yelling at his coaches instead of the other way around. We'll we'll see if that has any impact. But uh, but no, I th- I think that's a uh, that's something that you know you didn't have to in my day. You didn't you certainly didn't have to. I mean, as as recently as twenty years ago, you probably you didn't have to yeah. deal with it. Right. But it's it's getting to be a, a bigger and bigger thing uh, for these young athletes. There's no question about that. So I'm looking across the street and I'm trying to decide if these two cars are just um, chatting or if there's like a drug deal going on. What do you think, Avery? What do you think is going on straight across the street there? I mean, it's right by Stab and Grab, so it could be a drug deal. It's where I've bought every Budweiser I've ever paid for in my life. Um, the uh... That place is always so sketchy, so oh, I, I, anything's possible Walking over there, point. I passed an empty pizza box um, someone's vomit from not just yesterday, but like many days ago that no one's cleaned up. And then I got to another pile that was more fresh than that. And then uh, <laughs> turned the corner and, and got into the store. But yeah, it was it was multiple vomit piles, one of which was older than the other. There's so a not creepy, from the same person. There's a creepy homeless uh, dude that hangs out over there. Oh, I'm sure. He's so creepy. I, we don't like him. You know, Texter pointing out something pretty funny. Did you see this letter that that a, a an enraged IU fan wrote to Trace Jackson Davis? No. Oh God. No. So, so, so I mean, and, and the Texter four three seven nine six eighty on the UPS jobs text line pointing out that someone did get to Trace Jackson Davis through the mail, even though if you were off social media, uh, you wouldn't see that. Uh, texter text again. Uh, Kentucky transfer Bryce Hopkins scores twenty seven last night in beating yep. UConn, but don't worry, UK didn't need him. LOL. I, no, I, that part of that the whole equation with Kentucky this year is is mind boggling, and when guys yeah, it really get better, is. it's super mind boggling. I mean, it's it's unexplainable. It, it really is, and I and I know Providence isn't UK, but Providence is Division One basketball, and you don't go and you overnight, overnight, Louis, you don't go from not being able to dent the score sheet right. to scoring twenty seven points a game. I don't care what the competition is, and you got Keon Brooks doing the same thing out on the West Coast, and so it it's hard to explain. It it really is. <laughs> I don't think this text is for us. So I'm not going to read on air. But, sir or ma'am, if you just texted us about your mid-90s Camaro, uh, please explain it to me because I don't I don't understand the context of that text. I think it's for 93.9. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man, it's Lil Louie with you hanging out 680-1057. Until noon, we'll have Bobby V after us. Um, you know, Hey, Louie, Louie, before you go on, I want to uh, tell you about my friends at Barno's Pizza. There are 14 area locations uh, in Kentuckyana. Great food, great drinks, and great people. Stop by the original Barno's 
Bear Nose at Bowman Field out on Taylorsville Road. Say hi to our buddy there, Rob Moody. Bear Nose has you covered for lunch or dinner, carry out, dine-in, or delivery. Yeah, it's that good. Bear Nose Pizza. Do you know that Budweiser has moved to completely um, wind farm generated electricity to make their beers? You actually have a Budweiser? Avery, how, how, uh, Avery, tell him that I don't just have a Budweiser. I have a 25-ounce Budweiser. Yes, he has a 25-ounce Budweiser. <laughs> he doesn't just have a Budweiser. Damn right. Got the tall boy. What's up? Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> Did you think I opened like a club soda and was just going to do the thing? Uh, well, I wasn't sure. It's, wow. It's, okay. So hang on. This is. This it's is, in the morning, Louie. It's in the morning. I what host something doing? called the Horse Racing Happy Hour. You do what know you? it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> Romania or something. Uh, yeah, right. This yeah. is why like, they also make coffee flavored liquor. Like you can uh, put it in your coffee. This is also like a four percent beer. I mean, you know, it's it's essentially water. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll re- oh, so well, that makes sense. Um, Budweiser, let's see, they're in. Uh, they have a huge plant <clears throat> just north of Denver. Mm. Uh, so you know those. Uh, yeah, I know those they brew it in a lot of different places. But. Wind, wind turbines. I'm, I'm surprised that they have. Uh, wind? Did you say wind-blown electricity? Uh, it says 100% renewable electricity from wind power. There you go. Yeah. So I, I I don't remember seeing any windmills in St. Louis. Have you I ever know- done the drive through Indiana through the the giant patch of of wind turbines? Have you seen these, Avery? It's up. It's up 65 going to Chicago. Then no. Okay. <laughs> I have not been that far north. Like I've pretty much so- only gone as north as Clarksville. There are two experiences. Good for you, Take by the, the way. the last train to Clarksville. <laughs> the, 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 the drive has two experiences. During the day, and you just see the giant thing spinning, you know, doing the windmill thing. And then at night, they have the, the lights for airplanes, right, of course, the little red mm-hmm. flashing ones. Mm-hmm. But they flash, and then they also get interrupted by the turbines. So you, like, you, you see them. But oh, it's, it's very, like a light show. It's very inconsistent. I imagine if you were on drugs, that would be the best drive of the world. I mean, just the best. <laughs> well, you know, I make the drive between Denver and Louisville yeah. quite often, and you you pass all kinds of uh, of wind <laughs> windmill farms in that. Oh, I sure. mean, out out around Lyman, Colorado, okay. there's a gazillion of them. There's a bunch of them across um, Kansas. So. Oh, I, if I lived in Kansas, that's all I would do. Yeah. So, um, Budweiser is five percent ABV, by the way. So, as I continue this uh, infomercial for Budweiser, um, Kentucky made its free throws. Yes. Three hundred and ninth in Division One. That's a little scary, and uh, it's not sustainable, frankly. Right, and so uh, eleven of fourteen from the line Tuesday, which isn't sustainable. That that they make them or that they. <laughs> Or, that they win that games they, making them. They go back to yeah, right. they go back to missing them again. Well, the, well, that's that's a really good question actually. But the problem there is, think think about LSU the other night, and this is why you and I were were as critical as we were without a banked in severe Wheeler three and yeah. Jacob Toppin. Literally, that ball capped out at like ten foot six, exactly or ten seven. It, that's what I said yesterday. If it, if it doesn't go right in the basket, it's in the fourth row on the other side of the floor. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, just so many things had to happen for that to be, you know, it, it, so many things had to just click at the end of that game. Now, 
There's a couple of different ways to look at that. Because in my mind, there's a little bit of Jacob Toppin is, is playing better, and that's just a good play by a good player. Right? Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. guys just have to make plays down the stretch. Right. And once in a while, that's just what happens. But, man, we haven't seen a lot of that from him this year. So I, that isn't something you want to rely on long term. I'm sure Cal understands that. But that's why when we talk about these things, when we talk about all the components of Kentucky basketball, that I mean, stuff 65% free throw shooting. I mean, Rupp would have, Rupp would have made you sleep outside, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or worse. Right. Or worse is correct. Yes. Right. I mean, you would have been sleeping across the street with a guy over there. Yeah. Right. I mean, so uh, can you eat the insomnia cookies across the street? Yes. But I try to stick to only the chocolate chip cookies. Those are so good, and, by the way. Like, I get so excited because, like, yeah. sometimes, like, when I was on campus, we would have events and we would have. Uh, you would have cookies. Insomnia yes. cater and right. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would always get really excited when they had the chocolate chip cookies in their own box because I could actually have right, they were cookies. By themselves. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so as I was walking over there and the 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 wafting smell of marijuana that envelops this area, you know, hits me invariably at nine thirty in the morning um, as I walked to buy a beer. So I'm not judging anyone, by the way. Uh, the <laughs> I passed the insomnia cookies, and and I and all I could think was, I bet the the day that they the they made the announcement in Jefferson County that they weren't going to crim- they weren't going to prosecute for less than X amount. I forget what the, the total weight is of marijuana. It was a great day for insomnia cookies. It was a great day. I mean, they're also on a college campus. No, one hundred percent. So like, yeah. it adds in like yeah. all of the craziness. Yeah, yeah. We had one in Bloomington. I'm, I'm sure that's their target market. Is is all of the things I just mentioned. So. Uh, texture coming down. Uh, I remember when uh, Anthony Davis played. Cal didn't uh, make uh, them f- shoot free throws. You had to shoot uh, them on your own time. Is this still the case? Dan, I, when's the last time you were practiced with Cal? Did they ever concentrate on free throw shooting? Uh, no. My sense, not- though, so that's an interesting text. And I've always – I've tried to understand this. And, you know, Scotty D was on with Drew this morning. And he's – He's willing to pull back the curtain a little bit about this. How much time can they spend with the players now? As what remember, there used to be really strict time limits, and um, I, I don't know in your playing day if 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 those time limits existed or if there was a. Way oh, to yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They did. If Coach Rupp kept us at practice more than six hours, we got <laughs> we got a ten we got a ten minute break. Yeah, no, they existed back. You know what I mean? Like, are you? Can you see? Can you see somebody <laughs> going to Adolph Rupp and say you can only practice twenty hours a week? Right. <laughs> I've always wondered if that's the least enforced thing in the NCAA, right? It, how much time guys spend on whatever and how they get around it. I remember it and at Michigan State when I was there, the guys would use a. So we had we had like regional gyms on campus. That's how big Michigan State's campus was. And I would go play racquetball with a buddy, and there were two basketball courts next to it. And it was all the players, and then there'd be like a grad assistant there not coaching it. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And so like they yeah, were getting sure. the reps in. They were getting in. Yeah. That was what I learned, by the way, how much harder it is to play in a game than it is in a practice. Because I watched Aloysius Anagagne, and that is a really musty 25 years ago kind of reference for basketball who couldn't make a shot in a game, just dribble down the court and just pull up from three, no problem. 
Yeah. I mean, oh, no, no, no. It's no. unbelievable to watch those guys just hanging out in the gym and then they get in a game. It's just nothing. I guess uh, the most no. local example I could think of is apparently Peyton Siva was a great shooter in, in practice. And then, oof, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I played one of my best friends in basketball, Kim Hughes, uh, oh, okay. who, uh, who I played. He had a twin brother, Carrie. They played at the University of Wisconsin. And then uh, Kim... Uh, let's see. Kim played with the Nets, I oh, believe, okay. for a while, yeah. and then he came. Then he came to Denver, and and his son Ryan and my son Scott are best friends to this day. Oh, they cool. room they roomed together for four years up at uh, CU, but Kim was that way. Uh, Kim uh, eventually bottomed out in the NBA, went to Italy, and was a superstar in Italy for like six or seven years but we used to call him the mvpp the most valuable practice player because he would he would go nuts in practice make everything make free throws and you get him in a game and he couldn't make a free throw to save his life Um, i'll say this about free throw shooting you have to be real careful in my mind louis that it doesn't become a mental situation. You can't say, you know, we're 300, what was the number, 301st in, right. in college basketball yep. shooting free throws. So we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're not going to go to the locker room till we make 20 in a row. Uh, you you got to be real careful. My, my experience with free throws is it, it doesn't do any good after practice uh, you know, you've had you've had your cup of water, you've caught your breath, and you you go practice free throw shooting. You have to shoot free throws like you do in a game. You have to do it in the course of a scrimmage where mm. you know you're you're a little bit fatigued uh, when you go to the free throw line. But it is a fine line between uh, not practicing at all and drawing too much attention to the free throw shooting. Well, I remember with with some of the guys in the NBA. And of course the guy that I followed most closely was Ben Wallace, who just couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. But then you would watch him in practice and warmups and different things. It was completely mental. Mm-hmm. That's completely yeah. mental. The guys in the hall of fame for God's sake. Right. I mean, so it's not, yeah, I, I, it, I, it seems to be a fine line with this team. And I'll tell you who's it. I worry it's going to get in his head is, is Oscar. Yeah. Because he draws yeah. the most fouls for sure. He's going to shoot the most free throws on the team. And you can see him being very no tough question. on himself when he misses. No them. question, he misses one and oh. he throws his hands yep. up in the air. Yep. And you're exactly right. Yeah, so you're I, exactly I, right about that. I would, I would hate for that to be something that inhibits him from playing at the top of his game. By the way, Oscar is not mentioned on this in this article, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm totally cherry picking here. Is he starting to play better? Because I think he is. I think he looks yeah. better the last couple of games than he did at the beginning of the season yeah no uh, and and you know we we kind of poo-pooed it at the time well you didn't I never did you you were you were on this from the very beginning about this 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 knee injury is more serious uh than we thought but uh, I I think it did affect his play early and he and he is playing better and he did make his free throws the last game but you know you can't take just one game and say well our free throw shooting is better uh, you know, that's kind of like the one thing in this article that I would push back on that John Clay wrote, and that is Kentucky's offense has found its groove. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure the offense has found its groove or if the competition 
just isn't. I mean, they're going to play a team uh, in in on Saturday that's the best team they've played. No question in my mind. Easily the best team they've played so far. So we'll see, you know, how, if the offense has really found its groove or if, you know, it, it depends on what the competition is. Yeah, I think, too, the, the concern about Saturday is, is, is Miller, right? I mean, that matchup is going to be, ugh, I mean, just – that that's a tough one for them because they don't they don't have a they don't have a guy his size that's a dog on defense. No, um, no, and and you certainly you certainly can't put Toppin on him. No, that's right. He'll put he'll put Toppin and the basketball in the goal. <laughs> uh, well, the problem there is, I mean, frankly, if you go to the short bench that he's gone to, you cannot foul. And and if you put Toppin on Miller, Miller's going to draw fouls, I and mean, he just will. And so that's that is. That's a matchup that would be, I think, interesting to watch in that I think Miller would really exploit it, but not from the Kentucky angle. By the way, on yeah, the text I, line, go ahead. I, I think that the person that you have to start out with, and Cal Cal refuses to go to his zone, uh, so, but I, I think the matchup has to be Livingston because he, he's the one player on Kentucky's team. I mean, you, you can't cover him with Oscar, no. uh, but he's the one player that might get a little physical with Miller. Um, and and quite frankly, uh, what Livingston has brought on the offensive end of the floor, you know, you, you certainly, if you had to choose, it'd be better for him to be in foul trouble than Toppin. Boom. I was just going to, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Coming out on the text line, 437 on the UPS jobs text line. Cal's first and foremost a defensive coach. I agree. Every year he starts out with a projected NBA first-rounders that looks for what uh, he considers the best defenders. Come January, he tries to figure out an offense for a defensive team. During the interim, he uh, relies on trying to out-athlete opponents. I I think part of that is absolutely the case. I think that he does rely on defense first. I think many of the very top coaches do that because they know defense travels, and it is absolutely a way to go deep in the NCAA tournament. The problem for Cal is if you play this – style where it depends on having the very, very best players in the country on your team on the offensive end, and you don't have them, and you have guys like Chris Livingston instead, that could be a problem. So, um, Isla and Louie here. Uh, we'll go to break now. We'll bring Ben Robertson from the Herald-Leader on the other side. Reminder for Star Wars Show, brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. Uh, next up, Ben Roberts, presented by our friends at Martini Louisville, here on 680 <laughs> This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. All right, welcome back in. 1030 segment here on a Thursday, of course, with our guy Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader, presented by our friends at Martini Bistro in the East and MartiniLouisville.com. Check out all their lunch specials, maybe brunch on the weekend. Uh, ben, before we bring you in, I, I do have a little bit of a statement from the Buffalo Bills regarding DeMar Hamlin, um, and I'm just going to read it because uh, I think – there's no reason to mince words here. Per the physicians uh, caring for De- uh, DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. 
Um, great news there, obviously, the story of uh, the story of the week uh, around sports. Were you watching when it happened, Ben? What's your sort of reaction to the DeMar Hamlin? Yeah, no, I, I was not watching when it happened. Um, yeah, my wife's actually from Rochester, New York, so she's mm. she's a, a Bills fan when, when she does watch football, but we, we didn't have it on, and then we kind of both saw it on, I guess, saw it on Twitter at the same time and were reading about it, but obviously didn't want to go back and watch what had happened so i haven't i haven't actually seen it and don't don't care to see it but that, that's uh terrific terrific news that um the, the update you just read there yeah that is, that is great news before we get into uh kentucky basketball per se i, I want to go back to an article you wrote yesterday that i think is really a neat story ben and i'd like for you to expand on it and that uh, that is uh brennan canada uh, who you know doesn't see the floor unless Kentucky's up by thirty or down by thirty uh, was put on scholarship recently. Yeah, yeah, Cal. Uh, I guess uh, during a team meeting, I think it was actually Sunday. They announced it Monday, but from talking to the guys, it sounded like it might have been the, the day before uh, the, the meeting where he kind of brought Brennan up and announced that he was going to be on scholarship. And apparently, that's retroactive, so he, he gets yep. the whole season and for the summer classes. So that's I'm sure great news for not only him but his, but his family as well uh, with uh, with tuition uh, with tuition costs being what they are. So um, so that was great. And then it was really fun to talk to. Um, the guys they, they actually had you know they bring three guys out after each game Kentucky game to talk to the media and it, it happened to be three uh, seniors Oscar Savir and, and Jacob um, after the LSU game Tuesday night so three guys who have been around Brennan especially Jacob's been with them three years Oscar two and a half and, and Savir now in his second so it was cool to talk to those guys who you know have known him for a while and and seen what he brings to this program which a lot of people don't see i mean they they see the games and then they see him not playing in them but if you've been in cal's practices or just been around people who have been and talked to him it's really impressive what what he can do because it's six five six six he's not your normal walk-on i mean he's six five six six and he has basketball skill he's a kid who could have gone to to some other colleges and 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 played uh play played some serious minutes at some places um, see so that they can, they can yeah yeah they, they just really use them a lot and then he he, he he plugs in for guys who are injured and, and sick and, and really helps his team. See, that that's what that's the part of this story that I love because people don't realize here's a young man who who goes to every practice just like Oscar and Severe do. I mean he he's in the weight room just like everybody else. I mean, this is a big, big commitment for a kid who then, you know, when the games come he has to go sit at the end of the bench. So I, I just I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah, and, and somebody who, I mean, he knows, you know, like Cal tells some guys, you know, a dude, Goner, a couple of recent examples to, you know, be ready. Your moment's going to come, and sometimes it does come. Sometimes a dude plays 17 minutes in the second half when he doesn't play in the first. Brennan knows he's, he's not going to get uh, any serious playing time in these games. But, yeah, he's still shown up for four years and, and put in this kind of commitment. Yeah, Ben Roberts with us. Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. Go find his stuff there. I'm of the opinion uh, Brennan Canada should be starting at the four. Why am I right, and uh, who should they bench? Well, I'm not sure about that, especially with, <laughs> with the way Jacob Toppins uh, Jacob Toppins plays played the last couple oh, of games. Man. So yeah, he's, uh, he's he's starting to to bring it on. It seems like. What do you what do you attribute to Toppins' last two games? 
Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm sure everybody's heard and, and, and probably read about what he said after the Louisville game and, and kind of the, the space that he's been in, um, and not just from a basketball perspective, from a from a personal perspective. And you know, it's tough when you're going through stuff like that. To, on top of it, be a Kentucky basketball player and a Kentucky basketball player with the expectations that were put on him coming in and kind of playing in this fishbowl, and then when the team's not doing well, and you know, I th- I think a lot of people. Um, you know, put a, a good portion of the blame for how the season had gone on on his shoulders, and he was already dealing with with other stuff. So it's you know, as you're trying to fight through that, um, you know, sometimes you do have have breakthroughs, and, and sometimes you do, uh, you know, get get moving in more of a positive direction. And, and Jacob, I think, is he's worked hard, obviously, off the court, um, dealing with a lot of that stuff and we know how hard he's worked on the court, uh, especially since he he pulled his name out of the draft and, and you know, got in the gym over, over the summer and fall. So I, I think it was just a lot of stuff coming together. He he talked over and over again about the support that he'd gotten, not just from some of the coaches, but also from a lot of his teammates and some who he said it had been through or were going through you know similar circumstances so uh, i think it's uh it it kind of became a almost a, a team bonding experience with with guys going through some of that stuff and, and obviously it's you know him him uh you know moving along with that it, it's 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 carried over to the court Ben, I think all of this is is intertwined, and you're on the inside. Uh, evidently, Oscar said something about he went to Cal and asked Cal to back off a little bit, and 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 Cal said that wasn't that wasn't the case at all. Mm-hmm. Cal has admitted that this team is soft physically, uh, with with this great story that you wrote about him being a kinder gentler coach is is that is that related to him thinking maybe this team's a little soft mentally too um you know i don't know i, I think he i think he's i don't want to say he's learning because he's been doing it for 30 years but i guess you're always learning when you're in a position like his and i think he has come to see that this team he needs to coach a little bit differently and he i mean he shot me down when i asked that question yeah <laughs> i know he did the, um but you know i know oscar i know i know he and oscar talked about that and and anybody you know it, i i have a good time watching john calipari during uk basketball games i think it's entertaining uh, a lot of the stuff he does on the sidelines and, and so i watch him pretty much every game as i'm watching the game and i watched him you saw some of this in the Louisville game, but the LSU game, he was, and maybe positive wasn't the right word, but he he certainly did not yell as much. He wasn't yelling across the court. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't stomping his feet and jumping up and down. There were moments where he clearly wanted to do that, and it would kind of, it was, it, I, I turned to John Clay at one point and said he looked like a, a dog with a shot collar on a couple times because he started <laughs> to you know, do something, and then he just like twitched and, and just clapped a couple times and, you know, clearly like in his head just moved on from it and and said to himself we're going to talk about this after the game we're going to talk about this in the film room you know wherever this is not the time and talking to a lot of the guys after the game again three veterans who have been with Cal now multiple seasons they like this style they like they basically told me that he has given them the I guess right to hold themselves accountable during games. Now, obviously, in the huddle, he's going to say stuff 
uh, before games halftime, he's going to say stuff. But while the game is moving, he's going to let these guys play and and hold themselves accountable and hold each other accountable. We've seen that kind of shortened rotation, I think, is, is a big part of that, too. Guys he thinks he can trust on the court. Um, and Oscar even said that, you know, sometimes it gets more confusing when when Cal's screaming and you can't hear him over the crowd. And then if you're already confused now, you're more confused because you don't know what he's talking about. So, you know, we'll see if this lasts. I'm sure it's hard for him coaching a certain style, basically his whole career to, to kind of hand the keys over like that. But um, it, it, the results so far, I, I think, have been beneficial. Uh, ben Roberts with us, Kentucky.com slash sports for everything down there. <clears throat> Excuse me, at the Herald Leader. You know, <clears throat> Dan, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion here. Excuse me. Where you, 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 you mentioned uh, it's probably almost a month ago, you would have had a really hard time playing for Calipari because he puts guys in for such short stints. He's obviously reversing course on that right now during this season with some of the players. You keep, I, I think you're concentrating on the guys are soft or they need to be coddled or whatever it is. Does Cal, in your mind, Dan, get any credit for switching to this, to something that would have been better for a player like Dan Issel? Yeah, well, first of all, Ben just hit on it, and that is shortening the rotation. Um, you know, this looked like the box score the other night looked like something from the Adolf Rupp era, <laughs> where five guys played most of the game. Ben, Ben, we were talking about uh, the other day, it was the anniversary of Mike Pratt scoring 42 points in Freedom Hall against Notre Dame. And we looked at the box score, and, and you'll find this unbelievable. The five starters played all forty minutes. Yeah. There was not there was not one player that got off that got off the bench. But to answer your question, you know, I I think that that's uh, that's good coaching. No matter what what you're doing, whether it's how you handle the players, the style of basketball you play, um, it, you know, it, you have to make that style fit fit your players. I agree with Ben, you know, being watching on TV, you don't get to see as much as if you're really there. But what I like is when Cal gets down in the defensive position, when he's about five feet out <laughs> on the floor, that that's my favorite. Ben, Ben, going forward, do you think we're going to see, you, you know, w- without foul trouble coming into the picture, do you think we're going to see six or seven guys play the, the game? Yeah, I, I think that's how Cal wants to do it. And I think, I, you know, he's talked – some in the past uh, he brought up John Wooden the other day uh, how he called John Wooden I think it was the Brandon Knight season uh, maybe and it wouldn't basically told him you know you're playing too many guys you need to shorten your rotation and he did with that team but but wouldn't also acknowledged um, that times are different now and you know with the transfer portal with, with with that kind of stuff you do have to look out for making sure guys who aren't playing uh you you let them know that you still want them here, whether it be in the future or, or later in the season or whatever. You know, Bryce Hopkins is a great example for that. Uh, Bryce Hopkins could have played more minutes, certainly in the SEC, especially when some guys were injured uh, late last season. And he didn't, and he left, and now he looks like a star at Providence. And if you're John Calipari, you don't want that to happen with, with maybe some of these other guys who – in your head don't fit this six seven man rotation this season but but could be big pieces of kentucky basketball in the future so it, i mean it's a juggling act but yeah i think if 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 uh you're asking john calipari to to go win a national championship or go to the final four or make a deep run this year i think he wants to i think he's always wanted to do it with six or seven guys i think he's always tried to 
to find that fit. And, and obviously, especially with CJ out right now, he clearly has his six or so guys. And it'll be the, the big part that's going to be interesting to me is, you know, I think Oscar Sheboy can play 40 minutes a game, um, you know, barring injury or, or foul trouble or anything like that. Uh, can some of these other guys do it? Can Cason Wallace do it and still make good decisions when he's been on the court for 36 minutes uh, in, a, in a late close game situation? Same thing for Xavier Wheeler. Can Jacob Toppin keep up the intensity if he's playing 32, 34 minutes a game? Um, if they can, this could be a really good team. If they can't, you could, you could see a lot more of those late game kind of mismanagement situations. Ben Roberts with us, presented by Martini Bistro of Louisville, martinilouisville.com out in the East End. Check them out for lunch, dinner, uh, lunch six days a week. Go check them out for brunch on the weekends. Ben, I made, I made the, the comment after the LSU game that Cason Wallace always goes under screens. And, yeah. and I don't is, – is that a tactical thing? Because, I mean, it led to a couple of things, frankly, that were pretty negative against LSU, which was open shots, of course, but also it let Hannibal get downhill on him, right? He was – I mean, he, he had four or five feet of acceleration – uh, and, and that's a tough thing to defend against a, a veteran guy who's just got more, you know, just more mileage on him than, than Case and Wallace does. Is that, do you think, an imperative from Cal to go underneath so he doesn't foul? Or is it is that just a freshman who's, who's not ready to fight through a screen? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Cal's telling him. And I, I, I can't, I'm trying to recall if, if that's come up in practices that I've been to. And I, and I really can't because I've only been to a couple this season. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's, if that's Case and uh, doing the wrong thing and not going over and not, not going through it or, or, or what's happening there. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, as the SEC season continues and you play teams like Alabama and Tennessee with with uh, great coaching and some veteran players and, and how they handle that. And, and I'm sure if it continues continues being a problem, that, that is obviously going to be a, a point of emphasis. And with LSU, you know, they, they, they get the win and, and people can read your stuff at Kentucky.com slash sports. I mean, I, I made the point, you know, a banked-in three from Severe. I know that LSU had one as well. Um, yeah. Toppin takes a shot that doesn't get more than 11 feet in the air uh, from the corner and makes a three. Um, you know, some things had to go right. Was this Kentucky making the right plays down the stretch, or did they get a little lucky against LSU the other day? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a little lucky. I think you always, or most of the times, you get a little luck in these these uh, close victories. And, and, and I think that's also an important point uh, that, you know, while it was a, a good win and certainly a much needed win for Kentucky, it was a game that they really could have lost. I mean, Jacob misses one or two of those free throws. LSU got a pretty good look in the corner, uh, or got in a decent spot at least. It wasn't the greatest shot, but it, but they got it to a, a, a good spot on the court. Uh, that game really was one or two shots away from ending a whole lot differently. And then you're talking, instead of having a team with a little momentum, I mean, you're talking doomsday, losing to an unranked LSU team at home after what had happened six days earlier at Missouri. Uh, you know, throw throw out the, the win over a really bad Louisville team. I, people are, are have their pitchforks out again, uh, two plays away from it. So, yeah, this team clearly has a lot to work on. Um, Savir missing the front end of the one-on-one and one was still, I mean, it's still baffling to me how, how bad they've been uh, free throw shooting as a whole. Um, there's a there's a lot going on, and, and there's a lot they need to fix. Uh, I, I still think they have a lot of really good pieces. They just still haven't really come together in the right way. I don't think. 
Ben, I, I'm impressed with how the coaching continues to get better in the SEC. We saw yeah. what a great what a great job the guy at Missouri is doing, former Cleveland State coach. I, I saw they, they had a seven, they wound up losing, but I think they were up 17 points at Arkansas last night. Uh, and yeah. and and I was very impressed with Matt McMahon. I thought, uh, you know, there were some times in that second half he his team got down double digits. Uh, it could have gone south in a hurry, and, and he kept coaching. And and he's basically got a Murray State roster. Um, mm-hmm. The the coaching in the SEC is just terrific, isn't it? It has. I mean, a lot of new coaches, Chris James and Mississippi State's done some good things. Um, it, you know, it's funny because, I mean, it's probably been 10 years or so now, but you remember, John, there were some lean years uh, early in the Cal era. Uh, there were, I think the year in, uh, Kentucky went to the NIT, I think Florida was the only SEC team ranked at the end of the season and the only one above like a nine seed in the tournament. So there, there were some years there, and Cal complained. He complained publicly, and he basically said, like, the, you know, th- this is, is a football conference, but but we need to be a basketball conference, and we need to put more resources into building better basketball in the SEC. And the you know the code for that is you need better coaching, and right. you need you need better resources behind the scenes and better coaching. And there's better coaching now, and, and Cal might might be regretting those words. Because it's, not, it's not quite as easy in January and February and early March as it was when he first got here, and it is. It's clearly not going to be with guys like Dennis Gates and some others uh, coming into the league. So yeah, I mean it's great. It's great for us. It's great to get yeah. to sit down and watch some of these games That's on right. Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. But but probably not as much fun for John Calipari at this point. Ben Roberts with us at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. Go find his stuff there from the Herald Leader. I, here's my concern, Ben, is that we found out the other night that LSU and Kentucky are on the same level, and that. The next three games, we're going to learn a lot. That Kentucky goes to Alabama and is not competitive, like they were not against a Gonzaga or or something, you know, like that on the road. Then they get South Carolina at home and they win the game by five or eight, and we don't learn anything. And then they go to Tennessee and they have a similar issue that they do to Alabama. Is my scenario likely possible? Um, am I overrating Alabama a little bit, who has already lost, you know, to UConn and to? Um, Oh gosh, I forget their other loss now. But um, you know, it is a beat uh, the Gonzaga actually uh, by ten yeah. at home. So, am I overrating Alabama a little bit? I think Brandon Miller's a different kind of player than they've seen all year. Um, where do you, where do you fall on, on that take? Yeah, it's certainly possible. I, I don't know if I'd say likely just yet, but it's certainly yeah. possible. And I think, and this is this is the tough stretch of the schedule. Um, you know, it's already been tough for fans, but this is the toughest because what's going to happen over this next uh, you know nine or ten days. I know it's Kentucky basketball, but yeah. you should not expect them to win at Alabama or at Tennessee. And I think for this team to keep its forward momentum, they just need to not get get you know embarrassed in those two games. They need to stay competitive. They needed to beat a game in the last four minutes of that final TV timeout. Be in the game, and that's kind of crazy to to think about from a Kentucky basketball perspective, and and certainly so with the way we thought this team was going to be coming into the season, but. You know, I, there's no moral victories for for UK, but but I think just being in those two games at the TV timeout and looking good against South Carolina and winning that game by double digits, uh, at least isn't a backward step in the in the you know the direction they look to have this thing going. And then you got Georgia at home, Texas A&M at home, at Vanderbilt, three games where you can really kind of regain some mojo, figure things out. 
and then you're in that stretch where you're playing Kansas and Florida and Arkansas, and, and, and it doesn't really slow down from there. But they need to just get through these next 10 days without, without getting just run off the court and then kind of see where they are from there and, and then make that final run of the season the, the way I see it. Ben, I thought you, uh, and I think it was you, um, it's hard to tell because you've got like 14 people at the Herald Leader writing thank about God. UK <laughs> basketball. Thank God. Thank well, yeah, no, yeah, I, it's great. Yeah. It's ter- it's terrific. <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 terrific coverage for all the people that follow UK basketball. But I, I think it was you that said if it didn't say Kentucky on the front yeah. of the uniform, uh, <clears throat> they might be out of the tournament right now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that was in, I think that was in today's favors online yesterday, just kind of looking at their tournament resume and talking about how they have some big opportunities to change that coming up. But yeah, if you, if you put Valparaiso on Kentucky's, uh, nitty gritty team sheet, whatever they call it on the NCAA website, and you look at who they've beaten and who they've lost to and the scores of those games, um, you know, their net ranking still is, is good-ish. It's not great. It's, it's there in the NCAA tournament picture. But their actual resume of games and results is, is to me, not an NCAA tournament team. And we're starting to see some of these bracketology websites reflect that, where, where they're looking at an 8-seed, a 9-seed. That's not exactly the bubble zone yet, but they're a, you know, if they lose by double digits to Alabama and Tennessee, they're in the bubble zone. And, and then, you know, you're talking about really needing to win some of these quad one games down the stretch, which they need to anyway. All right, Ben, we'll get you out of here on this. It is the six-month anniversary of this show today. Um, I am drinking a 25-ounce Budweiser because Dan only drinks Budweiser and nothing else. (laughs) When you drink an American yellow beer, I'm not going to refer to any of them, so a Budweiser or Coors or something like that, what is Ben Roberts' go-to for Louis Rabot? It is Stroh's. It's uh, well, usually around here. I, I I do try to like to support the like the West Six. I understand that's not what I'm asking you. That's not what I'm asking you. Yeah, <laughs> if you're talking what's on tap at a dive bar, if you're walking in, then, then Miller Lite, uh, if it were there, would okay, be there would be number one on my list. <laughs> okay, there you go. Dan, can you yeah. react to the Miller Lite? Yeah, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you, you could you could have you could have at least said Bud Light. Yeah. No, it was it was Bud Light in college, and for a, a while after that. But so, I don't know, I, I don't know what switched, but something switched. At some point. That is the biggest divide I have seen between UK and U of L fans is that the UK base is is a Bud Light base, and the U of L base is a Miller Light base. So really, and you got a it's little you got a little U of L in you. You had no idea. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah, write a, write an article about that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just uh, you know we're, we we did a, a you know a little bit of like what's your favorite moment been of the last six months and those things. I have to say, Ben, you you have absolutely been a, a huge part of this show. We love having you on every week. Here, here, and here, uh, here. And we are you know thrilled that we got you the job as the beat writer at the Herald Leader. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know when you uh, you know when you write. You know, Maybe, you know, I was on Isla and Louie, you know, just kind of drop that in a little bit, you know, available on a stream here, you know, put the link in, you know, whatever, you know, you can, hey, you can always hey, Ben, when you read, when you read Mark Story's bio, you know, he says he went to North Harden High School, you know, you could put in the, in your bio that you've reached the heights you have thanks to Isla and Louie. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go in there and edit that as soon as possible. <laughs> Well, he is Ben Roberts, uh, an absolute uh, mainstay for us every week on Thursday here. Brought to you by our friends at Martini Bistro, martinilouisville.com. Go check them out in the paddock shops. Heck, for lunch today, it's only 11 o'clock, so you can get over there and have a really, really nice
really nice lunch. Ben, we really appreciate it. Safe travels if you're heading anywhere. Are you Thanks, going to ben. Tuscaloosa? Yep, yep. I'll be driving down uh, some, sometime tomorrow. All right, so our guy Jack Grossman's going to be there. Do you know Jack Grossman? Uh, yes, well, yeah, we 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 have met at uh, at Rupp, uh, yeah, earlier this year. Okay, all right, so I'll you know I'll I'll make a. I wonder if Jack Grossman. We should have him on tomorrow to see if he's trying to finagle a a media pass with our name on it. That's <laughs> since he doesn't work here anymore. Uh, just, that would be a hell of a move. All right, thanks. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, have guys. A good one. Bye, Ben Roberts. <clears throat> That's fun. I got to imagine if you're a guy like Ben Roberts and you you go to UK for undergrad and then you get the job he has and you talk to Dan Issel every week. Oh, yeah. I bet that's real high. No, but like, I honestly, no, no, no. I bet that's real high on his priority list. Look, if I grew up like I did and I got a job covering Michigan State basketball and I talked to Magic Johnson every week, (laughs) I'd lose my bleep. Be the best thing ever. I think. I think. I think. Nineteen-year-old Ben Roberts is very proud of Ben Roberts right now. How about that? Well, let's let's hope so. <laughs> hey, a reminder that uh, this hour of the show has been brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than home. Hike, bike, paddle, fish, or even venture deep underground. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your getaway today at Kentucky Tourism. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDERNOW for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax. Your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. <laughs> 